0: Pastor Mike McCoy, welcoming you to the Time of Truth. Praise the Lord. Turn with me to Joshua tonight. Joshua chapter number 10. Joshua chapter number 10, reading about six verses, in that begin with verse number one tonight. You found Joshua 10 and one, shout amen for me. Now it came to pass when Adonai Zedek, king of Jerusalem had heard how Joshua had taken Ai and had utterly destroyed it as he had done to Jericho and her king so he had done to Ai and her king and how the inhabitants of Gibeon had made peace with Israel and were among them they, that they feared greatly because Gibeon was a great city as one of the royal cities, and because it was greater than Ai, and all the men thereof were mighty. Wherefore Adonai Zedek, King of Jerusalem, sent unto Hoham, King of Hebron, and to Piram, King of Jarmuth, and unto Yafia king of Lachish, and unto Deber, king of Eglon, saying, Come up unto me and help me that we we may smite Gibeon for it hath made peace with Joshua and with the children of Israel. Therefore the five kings of the Amorites, the king of Jerusalem, the king of Hebron, the king of Jarmuth, the king of Lachish, the king of Eglon gathered themselves together and went up. They and all their host and encamped before Gibeon and made war against it. And the men of Gibeon sent unto Joshua to the camp to Gilgal saying, Slap not thy hand from thy servants come up to us quickly and save us and help us for all the kings of the Amorites that dwell in the mountains are gathered together against us. Father, I love you and I thank you for the night and we thank you for the chance to be gathered in the house of the Lord. Forgive me, Lord, for not remembering what a privilege this is to be gathered in your house with your people. God, what a blessing to be here tonight. I pray that you would bless this word. You would fill my mouth. You would guard my tongue. You would preach me with accuracy within the Holy Writ. And God, what's done in this place would glorify God Almighty and Christ our King. We have no personal agenda. We're not here to please men or to be known of men. Help me, Lord. Do what you do. Through me tonight, bless this word, God. Help your people through this word, Lord. We need you more than we need anything else, and we praise you for who you are and God, what you've done for us. We ask it tonight in the King's name, Jesus. Amen. amen. And amen. Now here's <clears> the <throat> the thought that God gave me uh, in prayer the other day when I was praying. And, uh, and this, just, this just come, I mean, it, the thought was just very profound. It come to me, and I'm going to try to preach tonight on aim of the enemy. Aim of the enemy. There is an aim the enemy has, and you are it. The aim of the enemy. The, the We know that the devil is as a roaring lion. He walketh about seeking whom he may devour. Uh, There is an aim the enemy has, and it is the people of God. Now, I'm going to take this a little different. J. Vernon McGee, if you read after McGee much, you'll find out that he says that Jericho was the world, and Ai was the flesh, and Gibeon was the devil. Well, they may have started out that way, but I don't, and you might say that, that he is subtle, and he is wily in what he does, but I do not agree that because of how they ended up. They ended up, now they come in with a lie. Let me just get into it before I get ahead of myself here. Three things concerning this. We go all the way back to the beginning of the book. Now we're not very far into this. and, And so about 10 chapters here, we're within the same year that they've come in. It's not very far down the road from when they've come across the Jordan River God dried it up, but in Joshua 1 and 3, concerning the land, God made a promise. He said, I'm gonna give you everywhere you put your foot. Everywhere you put the sole of your foot, I'm gonna give that to you. Now, Joshua was just taking in the promise at this time. So there we have the land promised of God, Jehovah. Say, well, I, how can he do that? Them other people already was living there. It was God's land to begin with. And I'm going to show you something here in a moment. These people have had a long time to come unto God and they didn't want to get right with God. Didn't want nothing to do with God. Hey, there was an aim of the enemy. First, let's consider the land. Then I want us to consider out of chapter number nine, I want us to consider two things. First, the lie. The Gibeonites, but there's a reason. Now, lying's wrong. There is no white lies. Everything's a lie. Uh, so and and the Bible said all liars shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire a pretty dangerous ground right there so if I was lying I'd quit here's the lie they come they put on the old clothes they get the old wineskins they get the moldy cheese and the bread they look rough they look like they've been on skid row for a long time and they come into the camp and they tell a blatant lie to the children of Israel uh, myself and the deacon board's been lied to more than once. I'm not going further than that, but it's just the truth of the matter. They tell them a blatant lie. The, the thing is, the lie is presented and Joshua and them don't pray about it and they, and they buy the lie, Randall. They believe it. The Bible said that in the last times in Thessalonians, Paul's writing in one of his first letters, he said in the last time said they're going to believe a lie and they damn themselves. God will God God will quit dealing. He'll let them believe a lie. If you want to see some outlandish stuff, just watch some of the stuff on social media today concerning church and the Bible and how people conduct themselves in the house of God. It's out in left field and then it's farther than that. Are you still with me? I'm headed, I'm headed somewhere if you'll just stay with me a few minutes. First, it's the land and God's promise. Then it's the lie that they presented. and they bought it. This book's true. Let God be true in every man, A A plus. This book's true. We have the advantage of the book. Do you understand that? We have the advantage of the book. But in the prayer room as we were leaving, we said, spoke with Brother Junior about something, but people read that book like a novel and they say it doesn't make any sense. That's because it's spiritually discerned. So, and they, except he shall, Jesus said, I'll send the comforter, he shall guide you in all truth. So he's the guide with the word and we come to the understanding. They didn't have the advantage of the book. This thing's being written as they lived. So they bought the lie because these guys look bad. They look bad. Looks can be. So they look like they're from far away. They're really, they're just over the hill about 25 miles. But. Now, lying's wrong, but they had an ulterior motive here. They knew. Now, this is where I'm going to part ways with a whole bunch of commentaries. There's a few that lean where I'm at tonight. But they knew that they were done for if Joshua invades them, they knew they were going to die. They're about five steps ahead of lost people today that don't think they're going to die. They don't think they're going to die and go to hell. They don't think there's a punishment or a judgment at the end of this thing. But the Gibeonites knew more than what a lot of people knew today. If Joshua, who is a picture of Jesus, Yeshua, the, the Hebrew form of the, Jesus, if they knew that when he comes, what kind of shape they're going to be in, they'd be doing whatever they had to do to get on his side. They knew that if they just ro- rolled in that camp and he found out these Gibeonites, they're going to die, Randall They had come. They had come to take this land. Why? Why had they come to take the land? Because of God's promise. God had promised them the land. I'm gonna tell you, you may break a promise and I may break a promise, but God has never, never broke a promise. Never. The land was promised, the lie was presented. But then, he believed the lie and the league, you look it up in chapter nine, it means to come together with somebody. The league is procured. Oh, Joshua and the boys say, hey, you wanna be with us? You can be with us. Don't you know they're thinking you're about a pitiful lot anyway. You need some help, and we are the help. Come on, bless the Lord. If we're not careful as a church, as I'm talking about the big church, we look at people out there and think you a pitiful lot. But if they want to come, whosoever will, praise God. My my brother said it. Tim said it. Plan said, "Look, God God cleans them up. We can do a little catching. God does the cleaning. Let them come." So the league that they make with the children of Israel is procured, but here's the problem. Joshua hears, somebody hears, somebody's talking. Hey, these guys are just from over the hill. They're Gibeonites. Whoa, now we got a problem. Why have we got a problem? Because the enemy's in the camp. But here's the issue. They've made a league. You know how they live, Randall? By their word. They gave their word, they didn't sign a contract, they didn't take earnest money, they just gave their word before God and said, hey, we'll take care of you from now on, you can be with us. And they knew God heard what they said, and they wasn't about to back up. Now, here's what it is, we can't back up, we said it before God. That's right. That, that used to be a moral standard in America. A man's word was his bond and he'd die before he broke his word. Them days are long gone. Are you still with me? So now we've seen the land, the promise of God. We've seen the lie of the Gibeonites presented to the children of Israel. We see the children of Israel bite, hook, line, and sinker. Then they find out the truth. After they've made a league with him, which has been procured before God, okay, you can be with us. Now they say this. The child, now Joshua, they come to What are we gonna do? Here's what, here's what the children say. I've I never seen this before. I just got this today. The children said, I'll tell you what, we'll do what we said we'll do, but we'll make them servants to us. Joshua says, you will keep you, and you can be with us, but you're going to be servants to the house of my God. Bless, the Lord. Bless Big dif- difference being Marcus's servant and being a servant to the house of God. They're not going to get what they wanted. Man, I had somebody to split the wood and carry out the ashes. I'm going to let them do that for the house of God. So they make a league. And this league, this league puts them in good standing. Now, why, why, what changed my mind about this? It's, uh, 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 McGee preaching about or his teaching on, on them being a picture of Satan. Well, Satan's the father of lies. I'll go with him down that road. That's where lies come from. Satan's the father of lies. But they, they had a change of heart here. And they believe the Lord. And Warren Wearsby said, uh, uh, Brother Cal says, my my, source you info, and then it's not on you, it's on somebody else. (laughs) Wearsby said that this is the Nethanims. You remember reading about them guys? You know where they was? You know how long they stayed with it? They stayed through the captivity, and when they came back from the captivity, guess who was in the crowd? Nephilim's. They come right with them. Now, my thought is this. They appreciated God's reminded me today how appreciative I am. We just expect to do this. And sometimes we even complain about doing it. God don't have to let us do this. I mean, there's a big shout-out to some of them that couldn't be here. Now, Nadine and Dennis, not been here in a while. She's not well. Big shout-out to Nadine. She's probably the top fan of First Free Will Baptist Church. But, but Tony Joe and Karen, his name's not really Tony Joe. I just say that because I, I think Dean or Waverly, one of you two. Was it Dean? Said he's Tony Joe? Well, big shout out to Tony Joe and, and Karen. He calls her the warden. I'm just saying, some would like to be here tonight. And it's beyond their control, and they're not here. Gordon watched it for a month at home. Ain't the same, is it, brother? Just not the same. What a privilege. What a privilege it is to be in church tonight. I made, I made a league with you. And you can stay with me. And I want you to be a servant to the house of the Lord. That's what everybody in this room is tonight. So we ain't far from the Gibeonites. You know what? A bunch of Gentiles taken in, praise God, grafted in because of the fall of Israel. We're like the Gibeonites. But when it's all said and done, I want to be like the Nethanims that showed up at the end of the thing after the captivity come rolling right in. I want to be in there with them. Now, here's, here's what can happen. You'd think that the blunder of the children of Israel was a bad mistake because they allowed the enemy in the camp. Well, that's how we would have been perceived and and are perceived in the in the Jewish eyes, but God takes blunders. I read this somewhere today. I wish this was original. God takes blunders and turns them into blessings. Only God, only God can do that. God can take the blunder of our lives and turn it into blessings. See, there. T- I've got to. I hope you get this tonight. They're taking territory. What did he tell them they could have? The land. What are they doing here? They're taking territory. Now, it's not the people that God told them they could have. It's the place. That's very important right here. If, if we don't get that, we don't get none of this message. It's not the people. What He, he told them to do this to the people. Now, this sounds bad. He said utterly destroy them. Wipe them out. Why? Because they're pagan heathens. and they, they don't want God, so he ain't going let to let them have him. You don't want God? You know what the end of the road is? Judgment destruction utterly destroyed and never being able to secede from being here's the thing the enemy knew this and they take aim at the Gibeonites now the Gibeonites are in a bad way they were a royal city and one-on-one with any of these other cities, other than probably Jerusalem, they would have stood their own or overtaken them because they were greater than Ai. But when you put them all together, when, all, when five of those kings come together, and get this, they're all Amorites, and it's like we're all Americans, but some of us are Tennesseans, and some are from other places. You, you see what I'm saying here? It wasn't that far around. And by the way, this is very important. All of these cities were in the land that Judah was to own. Don't lose that. that that's the difference in the whole story. Now, they're taking territory Places, not people. And the Gibeonites are in the aim of the enemy. And the enemy is going to come. They came from their place and camped out to take the Gibeonites in their city. You still with me? Now, goodness, we're not getting out here at 8 o'clock because it's already 8 (laughs) o'clock. Number one, some of you just went to sleep on me right there. I want us to look at these five cities. What did they come to take? The place. Not the people. But the Gibeonites understood that and they wanted in. And they got in, and God kept them in. Well, that's good right there. God kept them in there. Now they may have got in kind of under the table and by a bad hand, but they didn't know any other way to do it. So, Adonai Zedek, don't you understand what that means? That means that means. Lord of Righteousness. Well, he's carrying a false name. 462 years back from this time, there's a guy named Melchizedek. And Melchizedek is the king of Jerusalem, and he comes with offerings to Abram after the Great War, with offerings, and he's giving them stuff, and and he's blessing them unto the Most High God. So 462 years, if my math was right in in my my, uh, calculations today, 462 years from the time of Melchizedek until Adonai Zedek, which is the same name they said it was the title that they carried like Pharaoh over Egypt. It was the title that they carried, but nothing right about this guy, but see where they'd come? In 462 years, how far away from God they was, they'd come from worshiping the most high God. He'd come from Jerusalem, worshiping the most high God. Now the new guy is gonna kill them that's with the Lord. Just of Jesus. You know what that is? The aim of the enemy. Everybody in here know what Jerusalem means? Peace. Jerusalem, peace. And, and, and when you put it together, uh, peace abide or peace be on you. Peace. Jerusalem, peace. Just, just shortly, peace. You know what the aim of the enemy is? Stay with me. You know what he don't want you to have? You rung the bell when you sent me my scripture this morning about peace. The enemy does not, the enemy does not want you to have peace. The example is here. The Gibeonites don't have any peace. Hey, somebody, all they want to do is go with the children of Israel. They want to be in league with them. We won't bother you. We'll be your servants. We'll do what we need to do. Don't let them kill us. Jerusalem means peace. God's about to give them something. Now he's working through this. What happens when all the armies leave, when they come out of Jerusalem to go fight against the Gibeonites? Jerusalem's wide open. So the thing that looked like, we don't understand things happening in our life. Are you still with me tonight? So it's peace. I'm trying to hurry. Number two was Hebron. It means this. It means seat of association. You know what the enemy wants? He don't want you to be associated with anything that involves God. He wants you to be out there by yourself, Randall. Not going to any revivals. Not doing anything for God. He don't want you singing, testifying, coming to church, studying a Sunday school lesson, being a teacher, witnessing to somebody on the road. He don't want you, He wants you with a bad attitude at work. He wants you where people don't even want to talk to you. The, the enemy does not want you associated. I'm telling you what. You come to this church. People in this community know you're associated with a bunch of traditional nut jobs. Amen. Hallelujah. Bless him, bless him. They ain't got got dancing music. He ain't got no flashing strobe lights. He ain't got no smoke going on. How can you even have church like that? Thank you, John. It means seat the place of association. The enemy don't want you to, listen, the enemy wants to keep you away from Hebron. He don't want you there. He don't want you associated with a body of believers and it doesn't have to be the first free will Baptist. These bodies of believers all over this land, all over this world that are believing and teaching and preaching the word of God. And they ain't all Baptist but there is a few Baptist that's doing it. I watched Jack Treber preach the other day out there in California. He burnt a barn down crying and preaching about bringing your children to Sunday school. Surely, he said, why would we change what's worked since the founding of this nation? Sunday school works. Earliest remembrance. Sunday schools. Sunday schools. We had them everywhere. Dean, remember the old bus we had down at Lyles? Mom would take us kids out there on the bus and had Sunday school in a bus. Didn't have a room for it. Hebron, seat of association. Oh, I like this, Jarmouth. This is what the enemy don't want you here. Jarmuth means this, elevation. The last thing the enemy wants you to do is get to a high place. He wants to keep you down, beat down, sick, drugged down, in your mind down. Listen, if God be for us, who could be against us? Let those the outward men perish. My inward man's renewed day by day. One of these days, the old man's going to die and the new man's are coming out. Don't you get in an elevated place. Don't you start thinking like that. Don't you let the Lord lift you up, Randall. That's what the enemy says. He wants to keep you down. He's got his aim on you, Junior. He don't you up, brother. He wants you down. No fun, is it? I could go somewhere and preach a message right there, but I want Lakish. Lakish has no certain meaning. I found this very unusual. Everything else was had a distinct definition. Lakish has no, it says of uncertain meaning, a place in Palestine. That is the land of Israel, you know. So all we know by this, Lakish, it means just a place in Israel. To have a place in Israel. He don't want you in a place in Israel. He wants you outside the land. The enemy, the enemy. I'm talking about true Israel. Spiritual Israel. Are you with me? I'm not talking about getting on an airplane and flying to Tel Aviv. Are you still here? It's a Wednesday night crowd. I'm, I'm. Listen, I'm assuming a lot of things tonight that you're already there with me and you know some things. We're talking about true Israel. The ones that We've been grafted in and others going to be brought back in. But well, let me explain something. There is a bride right now. And there is an adulterated wife of Israel. And all Israel shall be saved. Okay. Just making sure we're on agreement there. Lachish. A place in Palestine. Last tonight is this. Now, I'm going to tell you all this and run real fast through something. Eglon. Eglon is, when I got this today, Jimmy, I thought this is very unusual. Eglon means like a calf. Like a calf. Now, why would the enemy not want me to have a place that was, figuratively speaking, that is like a calf? I can understand he don't want me elevated, don't want me to have peace, don't want me to have a place in Palestine. These things I understand, but why would he not want me to have a thing, that a place that was like a calf? And here's what I got. So I go back to the top. I found it interesting that those that's coming against the people of God Those cities is five in number. And we know what five stands for in the word of God? Thank you. Five cities stands for grace. Here's what I got out of the picture of them cities. You know who my peace is? Jesus said, my peace, John 14. He said my peace I give unto you my peace I give unto you not as the world giveth give I unto you huh let not your heart be troubled neither let it be afraid why cuz he you know what the enemy don't want you to have Jerusalem they don't want you to have the peace the enemy does not he's got aim on you to keep you from having the peace of the Lord These cities are a picture of Jesus. If I'm standing on green carpet tonight, when you get the enemy out of the camp, I'm telling you, you know why the enemy don't want you there? Because it's Christ. It's Christ. It's got to be him. It's got to be him. He is my peace. He said, he said, I'm going to give you. I'm going to give you peace. I don't care what comes your way. I don't care what you have to face. You know that in me, in me, you got peace. This yeah. world may get blue all the pieces one day. Listen, but in Christ, we got peace. If the enemy invades this land, in Christ, we got peace. Yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. Yeah. Yeah. These things have I written unto you that in me, you might have peace. In the world, you shall have tribulation. But be of good cheer, I've overcome the world. In me, in him, we got peace tonight. It's the enemy's aim to keep you from having that. But it is a picture of Christ. Hebron, seat of association. Colossians 3 and 1. Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. That's the seat the enemy don't want us coming to. We come to the throne of grace with boldness. The enemy doesn't. He aims at us to keep us from getting to a seat of association. I'm associated with the body of Christ tonight. I'm in the body and ain't you nor the devil nor nobody else can do anything about it. Associated with Christ. Better than that, he's associated with me. Elevation. Is that him? When my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. It is an elevated place. Uh, listen, the devil will keep us down, but if we can just get up on top of the rock, praise God. Devil can't do nothing about it. Up on the rock of ages. Amen. Woo. Amen. Hey Amen. Thank you, Lord. It's the enemy's aim to keep you off the rock. He don't want you elevated. What happened after camp meeting? COVID. Two thirds of our people got sick. Bless God, look around. We're just about back. Here we are. Jesus is our high place. He's my high tower. He's my buckler, my sword, my shield. Praise the Lord. He's the place I can go to get away. And the enemy, <laughs> the enemy can't touch us in the <laughs> elevated place. Lake is a place in Palestine. I thought this, I thought, where's this? That's anywhere. Anywhere. Why? He's everywhere. Here's what he said in John 1 and 38. The disciples said, Where dwellest thou? Where dwellest thou, rabbi, master? Where dwellest thou? John 1 38 and 39, you know what he said? Come and see. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You want, to, you want to see where I'm at? You just come and see. Because wherever you put your foot, if I ascend into the heavens, he's there. If I made my bed in hell, he's there. You can't get away. Any place of uncertain definition, hey, or an uncertain place, any place, a place in Palestine, that's him. If we're in spiritual Israel, we're there. True Israel, where their place in Palestine, the cave. Had to go to one of my favorite books to find that. I found myself in Leviticus again. I found this very interesting. For a burnt offering, you had to bring a bullock. For a peace offering, you had to bring a bullock. Of course, for the meat offering, you had to bring meal. Meat, meaning bread. But when it got to the sin offering today, you know what you had to bring? A young bullock. Very distinct. Couldn't be a bullock. Had to be a young bullock. You know what that is? That's a calf. What was that for? That was for the sin offering. You know what he was? This is the one that drove the last nail in the in the barrel for me today. He was my sin offering. He became sin who knew no sin that I might be made the righteousness of God in Him. There's nothing right about me except Him. He is the calf. Eglon, The enemy don't want you there. Because listen, he is the propitiation for our sins, but not for ours only, but also for the whole world. So it's available, but he don't want you there to get it. It's the aim of the enemy to keep you away from Christ. Now, I'm not, no, I'm sealed to the day of redemption. I'm not, I'm not, going, to, I'm not going down that road and, and, and somebody say, well, Lord, there's that free will Baptist. They don't think you're saved anymore. Here, here is the thing. See, we will be of none effect if we don't really have peace. And I've seen some people in some bad places. And that's about as high as you could get. And the world would have said, how in the world can they act? Be that happy. Grandma Gertie, first one comes to mind, about to leave this world. If it gets any better, I don't think I can stand it. And her about to die. She, I'll tell you where she's got. She has found her place at Jarmouth. They don't want you to listen, the seat of association, they don't want they don't want to be, people don't want to be associated with this kind of stuff. They don't want to be associated with him. I'm glad I am. But like that calf. There's times, more than you know, that I have to come and say, Lord, I take the calf. I take the calf again, I plead the calf. Like a calf. Didn't say it was a calf, it's like a calf. Well, he was a lamb. All of these are from the tribe of Judah. Where was he from? Yeah. Lion from the tribe of Judah hath prevailed. Let me give you this and I'm done. I know I'm on overtime, and you're late, and some of you' got school tomorrow kids if you go to sleep on the way home I can carry you in the house and if they can't carry you, wake up and carry them in I'm studying on this today and I know there's two or three messages in this i get a text message from Jim McComas. He sent it out to the fam- family Ministries board. I-, I asked permission to tell this tonight, so I'm not, I'm not doing, giving. he said, I give, didn't give any names, so you're free to use it. So the other night, I don't remember which night it was, one night this week, Jim gets a call, he gets all kinds of calls. You wouldn't believe what's, what goes on out there. I'm just gonna say this on Cameron and general, It's okay. Some of the kids the Free Will Baptist Family Ministries got up at Greenville's rough. I mean, they ain't Sunday school children, and they take, they take. It, and, it, and it's not an orphanage, though. Some of the kids they get may be orphaned, but it's 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 a home. For used and abused and runaway and neglected and abandoned kids, and they take them in. He gets called late at night the other night it says this that, uh, We got a 10 year old boy up here in Pigeon Forge. He's alone in the motel, right? What's a 10 year old boy doing alone in a motel? Well, there's a warrant on his mom and daddy, and they're in jail. And we got a 10 year old boy. And he needs somewhere to go. And I thought about giving the name of the fellow that Jim called. But to God be the glory. And I want him to get his reward. So I'm not going to give his name. He lives in Rogersville. It's pretty good ways from Rogersville to Pigeon Forge. Jim calls him. And he said, hey, by the way, said, them two other kids that I picked up there the other day, said, I just put them in bed. said, they're tucked in bed, fed, clean, in bed, resting. That's a foster guy. God bless them that can do that. Amen. Jim said, will you take another one? He said, he never says no. He said, yeah, and it's pretty late. It's about 11 o'clock. He said, yeah. He said, I'll take one. Can I go get him in the morning or go get the child in the morning? He said, no. He needs somewhere to go tonight. He's a 10 year old boy alone in a motel room or hotel in Pigeon Forge. And he said, It'll take a lot of coffee, but I'm on my way. Where am I going? And he went and he picked the little boy up. Now, you put yourself in that spot. You're a 10 year old child in a hotel in Pigeon Forge, Tennessee and you're not from there and your mom and daddy's been hauled off to the hooscow, and you got no body. And you know who the enemy's got his aim on? Children. He's whacked the minds of the children of America because the parents weren't smart enough to realize what the enemy was doing. He picked that little boy up and took him to the house that they got home at 2.30 in the morning. And he said, I got him in bed. Well, it kicked on a day or two. I can't remember exactly. And it could have been Sunday night. But anyway, they take the little boy to church. And the pastor and the foster parent is talking to him about the love of Jesus. Does he love me? They're talking to him. It said they talked to him until they thought he understood. And he looks out at him and he says, Can I be saved? They said they knelt down with that little 10 year old boy who was abandoned in a hotel room just a few days ago. And now he's called on the Lord and God saved his little precious soul. Now you watch this. You talk about a blunder, and God turned it into a blessing. You talk about the enemy putting his aim on a child and says, I'll keep you, your life's gonna be miserable because a lot of them in that same shape. They don't get what that little boy got. They get abandoned, abused, left out. Somebody, nobody comes and picks them up. They wind up in that place, and and the enemy's got his eye set on that child. But hey, listen. God sent a Joshua to the rescue. He sent one over there, and here he come. Here he come, pick that boy up. And now, praise God, you know what he got? He got some peace. Don't you know he's sleeping better? Hey, he got in an elevated place. He got associated with the rock right people. And all because of the sacrificial calf. Come play something, man. The enemy, the enemy, has got his aim. He's got you in the crosshairs. And he don't want you happy. He don't want you excited about church. He wants you beat down, drugged down, hurting, troubled aggravated, mad at the world. I'm going to use that over and over, what Daryl Smith told me. It's not falling apart, it's falling into place. That's exactly right. According to the scripture, I've read the book, I have the advantage of the Bible. I know what it says, I know what he's going to do, I know what he's done, I know what he's doing, I know what he's going to do, and I have days that I'm aggravated, and I'm in a spiritual funk, and I getting, get in those... Uh, uh, Places that pastors and preachers get and you think you ain't gonna get out of it and all of a sudden, praise God, Joshua shows up. And I get back in that elevated place. Uh, glory to God, I get to eating on the calf. <laughs> hey, and it's good. We stand and plays soft. If soft, unique, something, you're welcome to come get it tonight. I don't know, it may have been a message just for information. But God knows what we need and when we need it and how we need it. Pastor Mike McCoy, thanking you for joining us at the time of truth.